is Thursday. We're coming to you right after the Mavericks got the crap kicked out of them by the Philadelphia 76ers, 111-97. Josh, what's going on? Nothing much. I feel okay, and I'm sure you feel probably a little bit better than you would normally because we got a we got an East Coast East Coast seven o'clock local Central uh, oh, yeah. Eastern time start. Beautiful, it's beautiful. beautiful. We're gonna be done. We're gonna be <laughs> done recording, and I'll be done posting by ten thirty p.m., which in theory means I can go to bed. Right, um, but that's all that matters. And spe- <laughs> speaking of bed, the the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> appeared to uh, to be asleep. For a huge chunk of this game, <laughs> and you know this is a this is a tough one to get too mad about because right. you know when you when we knew by like noon Porzingis wasn't going to play, and that Embiid was this one was a, a goner. I don't think Porzingis would have even made that big of a difference because Embiid is playing at the MVP level that people have hoped for for him for a while. Looked really good hitting that mid range shot like he's Dirk Nowitzki. It was kind of driving me nuts. But uh, then the rest of the Mavericks just really, I don't know. Uh, ben Simmons is huge. Guarded anybody, guarded Luca as well as anybody has guarded Luca uh, ever, um, just with his length. And, you know, Luca had a, you know, really sloppy seven turnover game because the Mavericks were kind of trying to force the issue with Boban. And then Dwight Powell and the rest of the bigs all just, they're just not, I'm not going to be too mean. They have so many bigs that aren't good. They're just not good. I'm not gonna. <laughs> they're not awful, but they're not like they're they're barely NBA players. Is, is I guess what it means. And it's just like like watching Dwight Powell fumble and blow dunks, and watching Willie just that guy doesn't know where he is like seventy percent of the time, and it's it's just kind of hard to watch and. You know, when you get past that, it was like, all right, well, the Mavericks made a couple of close runs. They made it kind of interesting a couple of times. And then from there, they they just proceeded to get waxed off the floor. I mean, there's not not really a single guy had a game that was worth a dang uh, at all. Yeah, <laughs> I they? mean, <laughs> no, you're, you're right. I just love how you said, I'm not going to be too mean. And then you said none of them are NBA, NBA well, we, players. But that's what we've been talking about forever. I went I back through. I went back through our our uh, free agency, my timeline for like a week of free agency, and read all of my tweets and replies because I wanted to kind of get ginned up about this. And I just wanted to bring up the fact that once again, you and I are right, and no one cares, which they shouldn't. But <laughs> the people that buy into the Mavs horseshit exhaust me. It, it just tonight's game was a really big example of it's like what happens when you don't have NBA players on an NBA team this yeah and especially when you play against one of the four yeah, best they're great. yeah when you get run off the floor by a very good contending level team it's a reminder of just how not close they are yeah because even if they had Przingis, uh even if they had bubble Przingis, that would probably make this a like a closer game but i don't know if, if that's a mavericks win uh yeah <laughs> It's tough to argue with your point about the big men when Boban, Willie Cauley Stein, and Dwight Powell combined to go. Kirk, I don't know if if I'm reading this right. They combined to go four of seventeen from the field. Mm-hmm. You uh, are. Boban went three of eleven, which is quite. I mean, ridiculous. Like I don't well, think I just, that's crazy. That's just one a quick crazy point stat. about about Boban's stat. What Boban did is what Andre Drummond will do. 
uh, if Andre Drummond was to become a Maverick for people who don't watch his game. It, it, it was like watching someone just not be able to score and like slap offensive rebound. It was, it was terrible. Like that's, that's what, what happens um, just, just moving forward. But yeah. I, you know, it, it's so the one that I really feel bad for is Dwight Powell. This right. game was just an expose and why he doesn't have any burst. I mean, the pizza hand stuff, the inability to catch the ball, the flopping around like an idiot and slapping at the rebound. Like that's been a staple of Dwight's game for four years. Like I, I can't, you know, it's getting mad about something that we've grown accustomed to is, is one thing, but like he would also add high fly, high flying dunks and stuff in, into it. And watching him get blocked by Dwight Howard was painful. Power's still a good defender, but you know, Powell of two years ago could, could sigh or could fly. And it just, there's just nothing. He just doesn't have it. Yeah, he's been zapped, uh, and that's you know that's really sad to see. Uh, yeah, it's a weird game because if we are recording a podcast before they resumed their games after the eight day layoff, and we looked at these three games that they played, the first three: Memphis, Boston, and Philly. And if us from the future came in and said, "Hey, they went two and one in these games," oh, yeah. we would, I'm yeah, very pleased yeah. overall. Yeah, it's it's so it's. This wind isn't like a wind where you sound necessarily like sound the alarm on the season, but it is a nice kind of benchmark kind of game. That's like, here is a team that expects to compete uh, for an NBA finals opportunity, a championship. You know, they are legitimately, I think a top four or five team. Uh, and it's a good reminder of like, Hey, this is how far the Mavericks have have to work on this. You know, they're, they're, without Kristaps, it's just especially hard. And I think you saw it in this game because, man, uh, it felt like Simmons, uh, while this game was competitive, mostly competitive, like, or at least, you know, during the first three fourths of this game, it felt like one of Simmons or Embiid was on the floor the whole time. Um, yeah. And that just goes to show when you have two all NBA uh, level players that are both healthy and are both, you know, playing up to their standard or their ability or their potential, it's just such an overwhelming advantage. And then you look at the rest of the Sixers roster, and yeah, their starter, you know, they definitely have better complementary guys compared to what the Mavs have when you consider, you know, a Danny Green and a Tobias Harris um, and, you know, even Seth. You know, you look at the Sixers bench, and I'm not seeing, like, this outrageous talent disparity between what the Mavericks are throwing out there, but it's just when Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid is on the floor – all, like one of them's on the floor the whole time. Like that's that's the game, right? That's the that's how you become an NBA uh, contender. And the Mavs just had Luca, and when Luca was off the floor, it wasn't great. I mean, when he was on the floor, it wasn't too great either tonight. But like, you know, that's kind of the difference. Um, and it's really hard for them, the Mavericks, to overcome that. And it's hard for me because there are obviously things we can talk about in this game. But I'm trying to figure out how to talk about that stuff without it sounding like doomer kind of talk no, because it, it, yeah. it's just this team with where they are right now and this you know the schedule's been released i think since the last time we talked I, I think and there's just you know looking back at where we were and kind of what i talked myself into after free agency in november my first instinct is always to be kind of a grump and and i i walk i i, I talk myself into a fair number of things because if the pieces on this team connect in a certain way, I still think that they're capable of being pretty good. Um, I'm not sure how good, probably not as good as we had hoped, but 
there's just when you there's just a lot of things that need to go right at this point for the Mavericks to really, really succeed. And I think that external factors, uh, you know, not even talking about like Porzingis or anything like that. I just mean like raw, like schedule and COVID related stuff at this point, make this very, very difficult for the Mavericks to do anything other than really finish, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a couple of games North of 500 again. Um, Yeah. And, and it, I talked about this in the po- the piece I wrote. It has to be a discussion. Like the guys that got COVID, who were all very important players to this thing. Like, right there, there has to be a discussion if things if this kind of plays out the way it plays out. You know, maybe they go on a run in the second half. I mean, they have a much easier schedule. But I'm just saying, yeah. if things don't go the way that we would hope, and it's a disappointing second half season. You know, the conversation kind of has to start looking at like, you know, maybe it's a COVID makes it a lost season. And that's a difficult conversation to have because it's something, you know, we want to talk about things that are in, in your control. And you want to talk about like schematic things you can change and and trades and signings and style changes and, and guys doing different things. But like you can't you can't game plan around your four of your your top eight guys uh, getting a a virus that is very deadly and can can and can destroy your lungs or can 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 throw you off you know I, who knows i don't really know what the lasting effects are but there has to be that just that has to be part of it right like we that has to be in the back of our heads yeah. when yeah. we're t- talking about this team is that maybe covid screwed this thing up and there's nothing they can really do about it this specific season you know and and i think that's true and then we know when you look at the 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 big like the game to game stuff and i am just oh my god zion williamson is a terrifying roller rim roller (laughs) um there's just so many little things that you watch in a game and you wonder all right well what can they do different and something that really stood out to me tonight uh as as they played the sixers is we entered the season thinking about how much length that the mavericks attempted to to contract and then you know hopefully be able to throw it on the floor and they're still just so stinking small there's you know granted the sixers are enormous so it's it's kind of a it's 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 somewhere in the middle but when you're playing like brunson and timmy and luca and that's then they have to like they have to play those guys because they've realized that their identity is not defensive. It's offensive. You know, Richardson is small. Like Richardson guards small guys. And and there's just not the, the length that I had built up in my head. And that causes just challenges. Um, right, right. Because, well, the reason for that is because you think James Johnson might potentially be part of this thing a lot more. And he really... Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't for the most part, even though he, you know, he got back into the lineup tonight, but he has not been a day, a game to game presence. So there's a six, seven to six, nine, you know, six, eight, yeah. six, nine guy that's off the board. And then, you know, they signed Wesley Wundu, and who knows, you know, I'm not saying that they should have expected great things, but he's another guy that's like, you know, six, five, six, six. Uh, he's not playing. And then, of course, your first round pick is Josh Green, who's another six, 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 seven wing. And those are, you know, when you combine that with Josh Richardson, it's like, oh, there's all the wings the Mavericks acquired. And, you know, really only one of them, Josh Richardson's playing. And then otherwise, it's <laughs> it's mostly the same team as last season, uh, which is kind of yeah. weird to think about. Uh, you know, it's really just it Josh is. Richardson. So, like, that's – you're right. That's And that was a thing last year was they just were not beefy on the perimeter. 
And it was, you know, they needed Josh Rich. Obviously, Josh Rich, you see, small, he guards small guys. Well, they did need that because, you know, you know, Brunson is not a, a small guy stopper. And, you know, Luca is plays point guard, but he can't, you know, he's not guarding point guards. Dorian can't guard point. Like they needed that, but they also mm-hmm. needed, you hope you're like, okay, Richardson is here to, to guard one through the ones and twos. And then, you know, can James Johnson give them some additional beef to guard threes and fours? And and can Josh Green give you a little something? And can Wesson Wendu give you a little something? And, you know, those guys haven't. And it's a short rotation again. And it's a lot of the same guys from last season. And so it's not too surprising, Kirk, that you're annoyed by some of the same things that annoyed you last season. Great. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think it's worth talking about because, you know, we watched two two – Two Dallas-related guys were on the floor. <laughs> I saw your tweet. This was a spicy tweet. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Shake Milton was a good basketball player who had some injury issues, and the Mavericks drafted him and then traded them away for. Uh, I'm pretty sure to. Wasn't that for Roby? Remember, was it for Roby? Maybe something in the future, but they didn't keep him, and then they signed Giannis's brother, uh, who you know when, and it's just hard for me to talk about that. Um, and, and then you have Seth Curry who they traded away for Richardson and picks, uh, none of whom are currently with the roster and Richardson by and large has been fine. I think is the way that I would describe him. Uh, people in my, that chat with me on Twitter during games, a lot of people seem to be like very frustrated, but I think it's a comparison point. And as a comparison point, he does different things for what the Mavericks compared to what, what Curry does. And I'm not convinced at this point, those different things are of more value than what Curry brought. Yeah. I mean, that's fair to ask. And then once again, I have to, I mean, I I'll just briefly mention, you know, he's a, he's one of the guys that got COVID. So we have to wonder, you know, is sure. that just, you know, is that just a thing that, that haunts him all season? And then the other thing, you know, the three point shooting is just, like we knew that the the three point shooting would dip, but he is just so far below his like. I mean, he's shooting thirty one percent from three, uh, and he's a career you know thirty four thirty five guy. And like even I was not necessarily like I, I was hopeful that maybe he would he would have a north of thirty five percent from three season. You know, I don't think anyone, even people that were not so keen on him, thought he would shoot this poorly from the perimeter. Like it's kind of outrageous. He's shown some spark some from three. Since the layoff, obviously not this game, 0 for 4, but the previous games he was 2 of 4 from 3, 3 of 7 from 3 uh, in the previous two games. So maybe that's something. But, yeah, it's kind of like he's still giving them some points. He's averaging almost 14 points a game in February, which is about when Seth is was going real well for them in the second half of last season. It's about what Seth was giving you. Uh, but Seth was giving you those points, but he was also giving you the spacing. I don't know, you know, Richardson's not that kind of spacer. Uh, and the thing is, is you're like, okay, so you take the step back on offense, but you know, you should get it a little bit back on defense. And to be honest, I just, I don't see, maybe I don't see it either. And maybe I'm not watching, you know, defense is probably one of the hardest things for us to, because it's, it's hard to quantify in numbers. Team defense sucks. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, is it Richardson? Is it scheme? Is it teammates? But whatever it is, when he's on the floor, the defense isn't better it's actually about as bad or worse than last season so that's just a challenge and and if that's the case for whatever reason it is whether it's Richardson's fault or or teammates or scheme 
whatever that is, they got to figure it out because if that's the case, if the defense is not marketably improved when he's playing, you're giving up a lot. And I think you saw, I mean, and you, you see him from times when he's missing threes, it's just tough. Uh, and if he is not, you know, a, a plus defender who is impacting the game on that end of the floor, then, you know, you're losing something from last season without, you know, gaining anything back. Um, but thankfully I think, you know, he had February has been better for him. Uh, but so we'll just see, but that's, that's tough. Like I've got some thoughts like that. I don't want to unleash yet. Maybe I want to wait a little bit more, but it is, it has been a little disappointing to not see, just not see some change and just defensively, because while he has played well in February and the Mavericks have turned their season around in February, they, I mean, it's just so funny. They've done it on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, I mean, they're winning games 134, 132, 143, 130, 118, 117, 110, 107. Uh, you know, that and that's a relatively low scoring game for them. Uh, it's just been kind of funny. Like they, it, it seems like it's almost the same, same issues as last season, despite the fact that they tried really, really hard last off season to change that narrative and, and change that uh, data point with the defense. Well, there, there's one more guy that I'd like to talk about just because we didn't really talk about him last time. And I've been thinking about how to talk to him, talk about him in an appropriate manner, because when I've done so over the previous three or four years, I often get just, just so heated and it's not his fault. And Dorian Finney Smith is just being put in a position that he is not capable of, of, of playing at. I, I, we have multiple seasons now of Finney Smith, indicating with his play that he is a rotation wing. He is not a starter. The small forward position in the NBA is the most talented position. It is where the best players are. It is where Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, the list can keep going. Of, of and, Paul George, the, Jason Tatum, Jalen yeah. Brown. <laughs> and the Mavericks have opted to go with an undrafted guy at, at the the a key spot resource allocation is a real thing in the nba and i i shark said this to me before the the uh the playoffs last year he said the mavericks are really only going to be able to go as far as dorian finney smith is able to play like what level is able to play at and watching what happens to this guy against good teams kind of makes me sad because he's he's a battler he tries so hard but he does things in games that are way above his skill level. And then it just, it's like he gets in quicksand because he's, he's not a, he's not the the good enough team defender or I'm sorry, one-on-one defender that the Mavericks, you know, for the guys of the level that the Mavericks assign him to. So he's just kind of constantly punching above his weight. And then he gets in these shooting funks and thank goodness he hit two of five, or I'm sorry, two of four threes tonight after missing his previous like nine, uh, but he he doesn't he's just not he's just a little deficient it's not his fault again because he's an undraft like the guy's way outperformed all of our expectations but i just still think it's wild that the mavs rely on him um andrew sharp was and i were texting during the games and he said he said the funniest part of mavs games is is watching luca make unbelievable passes for guys to hit bricks he said it he actually said it's like watching a cartoon and, and it's, it's just really frustrating uh, 
for for me and I know for you and got to be for everybody, you know, uh, Hank, uh, Panda Hank did a whole entire video, like seven and a half minutes of just misses off of Luca wide open passes. And I, I know that this stuff always kind of comes back around where the Mavericks, you know, it's okay to have off games, but it's Dorian is kind of emblematic of this and that so many of his shots are wide open. And when you're watching a game like the Sixers, in order for the Mavericks to beat the Sixers, they have to loosen up the defense in some way. And Dallas just never did. The only shots that they hit from deep were really like difficult, difficult threes. Like Luca once again hit three really hard ones. You know, it, I don't know. I, I could be off here because, again, like the Mavericks shot 40, almost 40% from three tonight, but it just, I don't know. Like, like they're, there's, they're just a little short in certain areas. And, and, and I'm, I'm a little surprised that it's worked out this way so far. I don't know. I, yeah. I I'm, I'm tired. I've, I've had a long <laughs> three days. I know what you mean. And I don't think you're like totally. Like I, I see what you're saying, I mean, you know, painting painting it on Dorian. Like you, I mean, you even not said just it. him. He's there. he's like the symbol. Yeah, he is a symbol, and I think I've been thinking about this for for actually a couple of days, like shower thoughts. And I think what I've kind of come down to is that the Mavericks built this roster specific in a specific way mm-hmm. to take advantage of Luca and Kristaps Porzingis and their vision when they built the roster the way it is and what you know we would agree on is that okay you have luca who is an mvp caliber player you know he is in that Le- lebron sphere of raising a team to a certain to a certain baseline just all by himself yes. and so you've got that and so then they paired him with Kristaps, who they think when he's doing what they think he can, the optimal version of him, he is a, they would say, is probably like a top 20 player, which, you know, when we saw him in the bubble and when we saw him in the few playoff games he was able to play against the Clippers, I, I, it would be hard to argue that he did not look like a top 20 player in this league as bad as he has looked this season. Like it is, it needs to be said that, you know, when he, in those playoff games, I mean, Kirk, there were moments when Chris Ups was playing and Luke and Chris Ups were on the floor in that in that Clippers series where I was like, holy crap, I think they could they could win this series and I think they could go make a run because those they were both locked in and you kind of saw the potential there. Yeah. And the so the problem you've... that was two and a quarter games. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. And then so you think about so if you think about you've got those two guys and you've then the rest of the roster makes more sense. Like if if Luca is a top five player in the league and Kristaps is a top 20, well, then it makes sense that yes. your third or fourth starter is a Dorian Finney-Smith, is a yes. Josh Richardson, is a Maxi Cleveland. Because, Kirk, I want to bring this up. You look at the Lakers right now who have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is gone. I'm looking at their box score from their, their latest loss, a blowout against the Jazz, and I'm seeing – you know, Marcus saw three of seven from the floor. I'm seeing Horton Tucker, three of 12. I'm seeing Jared Dudley getting 14 minutes. I'm seeing uh, Kyle Kuzma shoot two of seven. Like this isn't like, it, it's not a Mavs problem. It's kind of like an NBA problem. When you build sure. your team this top heavy, it is very difficult when, to to build around the edges and and the, the edges make sense when all the pieces are in place and i think we've talked about this a lot before with this maps team is that they are definitely 
more than the sum of their parts. And when everything is together, it fits really well. And when you take just one card out, the whole thing kind of falls down on itself because they just haven't built, you know, this isn't a Utah jazz roster where instead of having, you know, the jazz, you could argue have, don't have a top top. They don't have a top five player. They probably don't have, you know, they don't have a top 10 player, but they've got a lot, you know, it, their, their talent is balanced well throughout. And that makes sense with their contracts and stuff like that. Well, the Mavericks it's, you know, it's top heavy. And I guess what's frustrating is that when you like the Lakers example, well, LeBron and Anthony Davis are making the most money they can make. And Luca's on his, on his rookie contract. So it's like, okay, well, they, they have the cheat code. Like you're not supposed to have a LeBron like, like guy on a rookie deal. And that's where, you know, Kirk, I might, I'm having PTSD to 2019 again. And that's where that stuff makes us mad because the Mavericks yeah. have a cheat code for money, for money structure. Cause in the NBA, when you have two guys that you think are as good as they are in Luca and Kristaps, that usually means that's all your cap is tied to those two guys. Well, it's not, it's partly tied to one. The other guy's on a rookie deal. So yeah then you, you it's like a get out of jail free card you could spend some money you could get a third guy maybe even a fourth guy who knows uh so that's another conversation but i think that's why when we see these games especially when Kristaps isn't playing it just magnifies the rest of the roster in a way that they just aren't supposed to be and i and it's they the mavericks have to decide on their roster building philosophy. Cause when you've got Kristaps missing these games, it's like, okay, if he's going to, if he can't finish these games and let's not even talk about, you know, the trade rumors. No, I don't, yeah, don't want to, I'm tired. Yeah. Just, assume, <laughs> yeah, just to forget that he's on the team for five years for whatever, how many more years, let's just assume if he's not on the floor, then you have to start accounting for that. Right. And you might have to yep. be like, okay, maybe we are not a team that is a top five player and a top 20 player. Maybe we're a team yep. that has a top five player and a top, 40 50 player and now now what do we do well we need to that means there needs to be a talent influx from different spots on the roster which they started a little bit with josh richardson it hasn't worked out maybe as well as they had hoped but that's kind of the idea uh and we'll see what they do with it but i think that's kind of what you're seeing like it's not necessarily that dorian finney smith is a is a bad player like you acknowledge you acknowledge it's not his fault He's just kind yeah. of emblematic of the problem. No, I, yeah. But that, I think that's what it is. It's like if Kristaps is here and he's playing like bubble playoff from last year, Kristaps, you know, you've got a top five and a top 20 player. And then it makes sense that your fourth starter is Dorian Finney Smith. But when it's, when it's out, it's like a sore, it's a sore thumb. Like it's just, it just looks way off. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I rambled a little bit there. Did that make no, sense? No, no, you're you're good. I got a DM from from somebody that threw off my that threw off my uh, <laughs> my my being. Um, I don't know. It, it you'd like to see him have some energy. Luke is talking about that after game, and and that's been kind of a recurring problem. But you know, if this is the team they have, then this is the 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 what they have to go with. Right. Well. We should probably wrap this up before we get out of here. Um, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a locker room chat tomorrow. If you're unfamiliar with what locker room is, it's one of these live, uh, you know, it's essentially radio is what it is, but it's through an app on iOS. It's iOS only as much as Josh liked to, to tease me at the moment. Um, it's still fairly in beta. It's familiar. Uh, if you're familiar with clubhouse at all, it's just like that. Um, I'll be posting when I go live on Twitter. Uh, there, I'll also try to post the link to the website. It'll probably be, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And then, 
you know, I take questions, we chat, you know, I've done like three of these so far and, you know, people join in and ask good questions and make, you know, kind of interesting statements. It's always nice to hear what people think that's not in our comment section. Um, I don't know. So the way, sometimes the way we write to one another as people is often just like progressively nasty, but I've found that these, these chats have been much more amicable. Even like I even had a couple of Knicks trolls join in and it was, you know, it's, it's funny. It's sports. Like it doesn't need to be this serious. So it's, it's something I'll be doing tomorrow at uh, 1230 central standard time. Uh, so if you'd like to join in, please do if, uh, and then I'll probably run it as a podcast um, to go up, uh, you know, late Friday afternoon into um, Saturday morning. And then I think Josh, you and I will probably be back for the uh, for the Nets game, just because like what you know, what do you and I do? We watch basketball, so we'll be back for that game. Yes, we will. We'll All right, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson and uh, Josh Bow with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in. We'll see you in a couple of days.